Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 453, recorded live on Saturday, March 12, 2016. And here are your hosts, the man who had people over last weekend, Dave Pillay. Hey, hey. And the man who was pretty much busy from like Friday till now, Andy Lowe. Hi. Andy, you've had quite the week. Yeah, I did. Oh, so glad you, uh, you you do. Is it over? Just yes. to, just to check. Yes, yes, it is over. There are a little bits and pieces still not working. I I had to get up at seven o'clock this morning to verify that the last uh, changeover we did uh, was working again. So, okay. um, is is it? Uh, yes, it is working. Okay. So, for those who uh, don't know, we, we can work backwards on this one. Okay, let's go. Um, I work as an IT guy for a cluster of radio stations. Correct. I mean, you, you really work for a radio media company Yes. at a region of radio stations. Yes, it's a, it's a multi-state owner of about 70 radio stations across the Midwest, and I am the IT person for all of the Michigan stations. And... Uh, this week was our major software slash hardware upgrade. So we had to upgrade all of the central servers for all of our audio storage in each of the markets and do a software upgrade on that server as well. And then we had to go around to all the individual workstations, i.e. the individual radio stations, and upgrade their software at the same time without taking any of them off the air. Okay, that's not easy. No, it's... I always talk about my job is trying to fix an airplane while it's still in the air. Now, when you say fix an airplane while it's still in the air, I mean, like, so airplanes have multiple engines, usually. Yes. So you're shutting down one engine and, like, swapping it out? Pretty much. Is that close enough? That is that is close enough. Normally, when we take a station off the air, most of the markets are set up that we can actually run it out of another studio. Okay. Or we normally just, like luckily for us in the Holland station, uh, Tigers game was going on. And so the local break only happens every mid-inning. So middle of the first, middle of the second. So we waited until after the middle of one inning ended and we did all our local stuff. And then we brought down the local computer and we were basically racing the Tigers. (laughs) (laughs) Hoping hoping that the Tigers were going to be, have a long enough stretch on their half inning, and, you know... <laughs> How did get... banking on the Tigers go for you? It worked. It worked. All right. All right. Good for them. Good for them. So those things where it's like, okay, we have until the next mid-inning before we have to have this box up and running again. Go. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But yeah, no, other, other markets, we can just literally... I can bring up another computer, redirect everything through that computer, and then we just have however long we need to do the, to fix the first one. But yeah, no, this was all of the markets in there, including one market where we had to go from an XP computer to a 2012 server, which uh, is a bit of a jump. A slight, slight change. <laughs> just, a, just a little bit of a change. That was the one where we had an issue with the uh, license key, and so it went off the air yesterday, uh, no, Thursday evening at 7 p.m., so I Oops. had to get up Friday morning and reset it, and it seemed to be running fine, so I checked it after I got back from curling Friday night. It seemed to be fine. That's why I woke up up at 7 o'clock this morning, because last time it ran for 24 hours before quitting. So since I reset it yesterday at 7 a.m., I woke up at this morning at 7 a.m. to check on it, and it seems to be running okay. Yay! I have not heard otherwise, and if I get a phone call from a Lansing area code, I'm going to have to stop the recording (laughs) and deal with that. Because computers. Yes. And radios. Oh, computers. But, uh, so that took over this week, but we normally record on the weekends... And the backup plan for when Andy is out is that Dave reaches out to a couple people and we try and record. The backup backup plan is that we run the RTR, that random topic recap that you guys are so familiar with. Backup plan one did not work. Even though Brian, one of the previous guests on the show, was literally in your house. Physically here. Physically yep. in the same spot as you. Yep, yep. Okay. That, that is a true statement. Yes. That is correct. But you decided not to record? We, we decided not to record. Okay. Correct. So the backup backup plan is normally I do the random topic recap, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a bit busy this weekend. 
Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, no. Uh, last week, Friday, I had a curling doubleheader, so I was on the ice from about 6.30 p.m. till about, uh, about 11.15 or so. Then I had to quickly uh, go to bed because I had to be up in Traverse City at 11 o'clock to pick up a moving truck. In Traverse. In Traverse City, yes. Three hours away. Yeah. And then I spent week the weekend uh, moving furniture to our new house joy to your new i'm sorry say that again we move furniture to our new house new new house that we own your 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 new your your house that you own yes congratulations andy Lowe. Yeah, it's one of the things that I didn't want to bring up at any point because I thought it'd be funny just be like, "Oh yeah, we bought a house. Yeah, no biggie." Yeah, so we 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 get a all of us uh, are are on a group chat. All of our friends are on a group chat, and we just get a picture from these two jokers saying, "Hey guys, guess what?" And it's a picture of a very nice looking house with their two cars in the driveway. So my first guess, of course, was that Andy was being an arson and they were about to burn down. <laughs> Um, that was incorrect. And so I, 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 they, they bought a house. Good job. Thank you. Congratulations on purchasing a house. So now we have to deal with all the fun house stuff. Yep. Welcome to the club. But luckily, I already now own a uh, lawnmower. Good. Um, we don't need a snowblower, hopefully, for the rest of this year. So we won't have to worry about that until next year. Um, I mean, it's March. That's what I'm saying. I'm right? hoping. Yeah. That, that might be a, like... <laughs> Very silly hope. Now I'm just curious. Let me check the weather right now for Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo. 10-day weather forecast. Rain, rain, less than an inch of snow. Okay. That's not a lot of snow. It's just a little bit of, just a little yeah. bit of snow. I but, can deal but with look that. At, you, you have to look at the historical data, Andy, and start looking and seeing, like, how often does it snow after this date? Where do I find that on? Uh, you look for average snowfall by day of year. All in Michigan. In the U.S. climate data. Uh, average annual snowfall in Michigan, January, February. No, I want, I want, uh, I want March. This is, this, is, this only goes till February. What the hell? Ah, uh, what site are you on? WeatherDB.com. <laughs> My, where are you? Uh, I was on USClimateData.com. Now I'm on CurrentResults.com slash weather. Michigan, let's go with March. So average snowfall for the year in Grand Rapids is 75 inches. March snowfall average for Grand Rapids, uh, 8.3 inches. Holland, uh, Battle, Battle Creek is a closer, Battle Creek is a closer one. So that's 6.2 inches. Okay. So we have a possible six inches of snow this month. Yep. Average. Yes. Average. I think I'm okay with that. All right. We have a shovel. Granted, we also have a sidewalk now that we have to keep clear. Yep. But yeah, no. So I was busy completely that weekend and then completely this week. So I did not have a chance to do. You've been pretty like non-communicado. Like you just are out yeah you've been busy yeah so that's why there has not been an episode 453 until now okay well with all of that should we actually do episode 153 or 453 now that, now that we've apologized for not doing episode 453 yes that's really what that was it was a lengthy apology so yes. ladies and gentlemen we're sorry for missing the week we do not like missing weeks but it did happen and there was no way around this one unfortunately yeah all right wow so other things have certainly been happening Happening in the last two weeks. Yes, very. Um, like, you know, more of this FBI and Apple thing and a lot of companies getting on board with that. Um, it's really more great. More is- primaries. How was the primary in Michigan, Andy? Uh, I did not have a chance to vote. Really? I was literally too busy. I got up. You were- wow. I, I really have not been home at all this week. I do believe before 9 p.m. any night. Wow. And I'm still, you know, getting up and going to work at my normal time. Yeah. Damn. Like I said, I've been busy. You've been busy. Okay. Well, let's, uh, I guess we can, we can just talk about the actual topics then. Yeah, I know. Uh, Bernie Sanders technically won Michigan, but he only, I think, got seven more delegates than Hillary Clinton. So you can't yeah. really call it a big victory. I mean, it. 
the the trick with that is it was more than they were hoping for, as I understand it. I don't know. The the Democratic one is weird because of the superdelegate thing. Yeah. Like, if you were to switch all the superdelegates to Sanders, then Hillary just has a very slight lead. But yeah. Is there one? There is one today. Yeah, D.C. Washington, D.C. Okay. Um, so actual topics then, like yeah. real things. What's up with the Batmobile? Uh, there was a court case where a guy was building uh, cars yeah. to look like the Batmobile yeah. and then selling them to people. Okay, uh, there's a licensing issue in there. Well, yes, because uh, DC sued him for that, saying, hey, you can't do this. It's a licensed character. And he's like, it's not a character. It's a car. Yes, but and, that's still intellectual property. Yeah. Um, so it started going through the courts all the way up to the Ninth Court Circuit Court of Appeals and then... Uh, That's the one on the West Coast, right? Like yes. California? Yes. Um, and then the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals said that the Batmobile was entitled to copyright protection because it's basically its own character. I mean, even if it weren't its own character, it's its own design. It's part of the character and part of the universe. Well, he supposedly had he had an argument because he kept on going with it. Yeah, well, he thought he had an argument. Yeah, so it went up to the, he appealed to the Supreme Court to listen to the case, and the Supreme Court said, no, we're not going to listen to it. So the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals ruling stands, Yeah. and if he wants to keep doing these Batmobile-like collectible cars... He has to get permission from D.C. and a license. Yep. I mean, oh darn, go to D.C. and say, look, I, I bet you if he had gone to D.C. first and said, can I do this? They probably would have said, let's see it first and then said, yeah, go for it. There's a guy here in Kalamazoo who built a tumbler. Yep. You found it when you were doing canvassing, weren't you? Yep. That was a bit of a surprise. We're just like, huh. That's a Batmobile. Yeah. The guy was a jerk, too. Well, I mean, yeah, but that's those two things are not really connected. It's just he he didn't want you to gawk at his car. Well, if he wanted me not to gawk at his car, he shouldn't have left it in an open garage and then not filled out his census form. <laughs> oh, poor Andy. Ah. So there you go. Fun, fun opening topic. Someone made a Batmobile. And DC wants their cut. DC wants their cut. Okay, uh, slightly more sad news. Lionhead Studios is closing. Yes. Actually, I don't know if that's really sad news. Come to think of it, the last game that Lionhead actually made that was good was Fable. Or at least the Fable series. And that was a long while ago. Yeah, so it started with Black and White, which was an okay game. I Oh my god, it was an amazing game. You shut up. I, I could not get past the frickin' Tutorial Island. It's I not that great. I Black and White. It's not a good game if I can't even complete the tutorial. Or you're just not a good player. Yeah, They're I like, there. hey, pick I up this there. guy and drop him here. I did that. Hey, pick up this guy and drop him here. I just did it. Woo! Well, maybe you glitched it. it. It was not a perfect game. There were no. certain, there were, there were definite flaws in it. Now, I do have to say, though, I did enjoy the movies, which was, I think, 2004 they came out with the movies. Oh, yeah, that was them. That yeah, was Lionhead. Which was Do like, I still have that? Could I even play it if I did? I don't know. I still have the discs here. I could see if I could try and install it on. I don't have a disc player. The movies, Lionhead Studios, not running on Windows 10. Oh. Yeah. So the movies was a um, um, uh, theme park, essentially. It was the roller coaster tycoon of movies. Yeah, roller coaster tycoon of movies. And you could actually use, you could actually create movies in the game kind of like sims sort of thing so it was fun to see what people were doing with that but yeah no it was like roller coaster tycoon for the movie industry mm-hmm. which i enjoyed because movies but yeah no beyond that it's like what have they been doing they got bought by microsoft and then yeah nothing really nothing yeah <clears throat> nothing good yeah uh, so they're they're closing up shop I mean, Peter Molyneux left a long time ago. Yeah. And he was kind of the driving creative force behind it. I googled Peter Molyneux just to see what he's up to. The second result is serial overpromiser Peter Molyneux promises to stop overpromising. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. No. 
I haven't seen, but what he hasn't really done many. He did a game called Goddess recently. Oh, yeah. I remember hearing that did not go. It, it has not gone well. He is a superpower. Peter Molyneux has a superpower because somehow he gets people to keep getting hyped up about his games. He's like the opposite of Yui Bowl. I don't get it. I don't know how he does it. I don't know why he does it. I, I don't know. So yeah, so that's closing. So I'm, yeah, it's one of those, oh, it's one of those classic companies, but then you're like, hmm, what have you done for me lately? Nothing yep. good. Nothing good. Nothing so there good. was a uh, a Jeopardy kids thing uh, recently, and I just sent you the link for it. Hey, I just met you. This is crazy, but here's my number, so call me. Maybe. Yeah, we went there. <laughs> they use oh. the, the lyrics of call me maybe as the categories. That's. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And it was pretty crazy because they like made all the categories make sense. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Dave? Yes. This article is from 2013. Really? Yes. That's kind of funny. That just made its round on the internet very recently. <laughs> so old news. Fun old news. New news. Raspberry Pi Trace. Raspberry Pi number three. That's what I said. Well, yeah. So these things got... keep getting more power, more and more and more powerful. Yes. And they don't go up in price. No. That's but really weird. Some people have found for $5 more, you can get a one that's, you know, way better. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, two gigabytes of DDR3 memory, where the Raspberry Pi only has one gigabyte of DDR2. Okay. Uh, also has HD. My 2.0 and Ethernet. Does it still have the GPIO? I do believe so. Does it still is it still really small? Yes. It also has a built-in heatsink. And it supports Linux? Yes. Ah, where does one buy this? Well, that's the thing there is the company that's making those. <laughs> once people once the article hit, the company has run out of stock. <laughs> they were not expecting the sudden influx of, hey, you know, if you spend five dollars more, you can get this way better thing here over here. Did they not like actually understand that? that their product was superior and that people might be willing to pay $40 instead of $35 for a mini computer. Well, they're one of the few ones that, you know, are actually better. Most of the other ones, um, they compared other ARM Linux boards to the Raspberry Pi 3 now. Mm -hmm. And no surprise, it's better. So, you know, Raspberry Pi was good. There was one out there that was better, but still, you know, the Raspberry Pi 3, Three, you get it's what? still really good. Yeah. It's still really, Quad really core good. core processor, built-in Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, Bluetooth low energy, which is good. Mm -hmm. A gig of RAM, same graphics as the earlier Raspberry Pi, same form factor as the Raspberry Pi 2. Yep. Four USB ports, 40 GPIO pins, HDMI, Ethernet via USB, micro SD, camera interface, display interface, and other connectivity. So it's, it's a pretty decent piece of hardware here. And no surprise, it's actually in stock in some places. Wow. And probably not not gonna buy it i still have a raspberry pi and a raspberry pi 2 hey look my raspberry pi b plus is literally sitting right here yep like right next to you like right in my hands have you done anything with it no okay it's so cute though it's so tiny it's so tiny it's so, cute. it's so tiny oh look at you who's the little tiny linux board yes you are yes you are you sound like a muppet yeah i probably do i'm not sure how comfortable i am with that is that the, yeah, this is the box for it, right? Plastic box? Yep, okay. Focus. Sorry, I'm closing Focus. up the box. Focus. Closing up the box. Okay. E3. It's, it's still no... like three months away. <laughs> and the news is not good. Uh, so who's all dropped out? EA. EA now, is... they, let's, let's be clear. They've not dropped out of E3. They've said they're not holding a booth on the show floor. No, they're having their fan event just down the road. Yep. And they're still doing their press event. Yep. They're just not having a booth. Right. So who else is dropping out? Uh, Wargaming has abandoned their booth. Who? Wargaming, the guys who did World of Tanks and such. Okay. Aren't they considered indie still? Or is World of Tanks, like, way bigger than I thought it was? I think World of Tanks is way bigger than you thought it was. Okay. Sure. World of Tanks player stats. Let's see. No, I don't want stats of the uh, of my thing. I want to know how many. What's the player base? Seven point nine million in the U.S. That's not bad. That's not bad, but that's total players. Yes. Do not know if that's active players. Players who have played more than five hundred of all types of battles. One point six million. So one point six million heavy users. Yeah. 
It looks like they're getting about uh, 250,000 people playing, and it's dropping. Well, they're not going to be at E3, so they don't have to worry about spending that money. Okay, cool. Um, Good for them? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Disney is dropping out as well. So that's the Disney Infinity gaming thing? Yeah. Okay, because we can't guess what that's going to look like. Yeah, it's going to be more of the characters. No surprise. Yeah. Activision stepping out. Wait, Blizzard is stepping out? Well, Blizzard is was never going to be there in the first place. Yeah. We both know that. Yeah, no, because they have BlizzCon, which sells out in like 30 minutes flat. Right. Activision, however, has historically had a presence on the show floor of E3. Gotcha. This year, they are not. So they are still going to be part of some press announcements. They're still going to be at the show, but there will not be an Activision booth. So other people are going to have, you know, Activision-produced games... Right. But they're not going to be there. Okay. Makes sense. So is this, uh, the article I linked, first line of it says, you could call it an exodus now. Is this really like an exodus? I don't think that's true. No. No, it's a change. And my guess is it's something that the ESA tried to put in the contract that some companies just didn't like. And I feel like E3 is more of like... Yes, it's the big news event of the day or the month, but this is more like CES where majority of the stuff that goes on there goes on with the personalized meeting behind closed doors. So do you really need to have, you know, a mega booth at E3? I don't think so. You're doing it for the news coverage, which people are starting to realize you don't need the major hype E3 event for that anymore. No, the the industry has shifted to the point where it's just there. Yeah. Now, is there always a focus on E3? Yes. So you could do your announcements. You could still, like, EA is the perfect example. Is They're doing their press event. They're doing their own little thing where they can control the message. They can control the crowd. People are specifically going there for EA and not for E3. But they're still going to get their news out on Sunday night, Monday morning. Monday morning, we'll probably be looking at the news from EA's press event mm-hmm. about E3. Yeah. So, so it, I mean, it's it just feels like it's silly. What I'm thinking is going to happen is a lot of these VR-based games are just going to have, like, the room VR stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, that's what's probably going to be taking up the space is you're going to have like the Oc- is the Oculus the one that has like the lighthouses? Uh, is that that's the Vive, isn't it? Or is it the Vive that has the lighthouses? Uh, I'm not sure if it's either. But it's like that, it, that you can start seeing expansion of the uh, um, the the room based VR sort of stuff where that could take up a lot more space. And, and you think that'll be on the, the show floor? That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Bunch of people with, you know, goggles over their eyes, just like that Samsung press release at the Mobile World Conference. Could be. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean, I, you've been to PAX. It's pretty yes. darn close to being to E3. Do you feel like you could get the same experience through VR? Granted, they, they have different purposes. PAX is there to be a community event. It's there for people to get together. E3 is a press conference. Yeah. PAX is all about the, the, the players. E3 needs to be... About the publishers. About the publishers. And the developers. Which they, which they tried to do when they when they cut it down to, like, what, 5,000 people? Yep, that was more than that. But you had to be 100% in the industry. Yeah, which I feel like that was the, that's the right idea. They just were a little too early. A little too aggressive, perhaps. Yeah, a little too aggressive with that. But no, I feel yeah. like that would be the case, because most of the industry guys are not going to care about your overly elaborate booth on the show floor at E3. Correct. They're going to want to talk, you know, numbers. They're want they're going to want to talk spreadsheets. They're want to actually play the game and go, "Okay, this is actually, you know, this is worth looking at. This is yeah. worth playing." Yes. Yep. So speaking of gaming, yes. How late were you up watching the Go matches? Oh my god. So the Go match is in Seoul, South Korea. So I don't even remember what they are compared to us. I think it's like plus 14 hours. Uh, I used to have that on my clocks, but now after people I care about are not in South Korea anymore, I don't have that clock on my computer. I'm looking UTC plus... 
something UTC plus nine. So that's 14 hours difference. 15 hours yeah. for you. 15 hours difference. So <laughs> they play the games at night at Seoul. I think maybe I don't even know. They played it. It was it started at 11 o'clock here p.m. Now, the way Go works, if you're not familiar with the the standard tournament rules of Go, which I was not until I started watching uh, similar to chess, both players have a play clock. Okay. So each player has two hours. <laughs> oh. And once your play clock runs out, what happens in chess when your play clock runs out? Uh, if your play clock runs out in chess, you're done. Really? Yeah. Okay. I was wondering about that. In Go, when your play clock runs out, you go into overtime. In okay. overtime, you have one minute to make your move. Huh. If you make the move in one minute, then... The next turn, you have one minute, and you continue to get one full minute to make your turn as long as you make your turn within that minute. If you don't make your turn within that minute, you go into second overtime, where the same thing happens, and you get three overtimes. So... Games of Go take a long time. In fact, it's considered really, 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 really bad form if you lose with time on the clock. So the 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 unwritten rule is you want to use up all of your clock. You use up all of your time. If you lost and you still have time on the clock, it means that you were not looking hard enough. You did not spend enough time looking for solutions. So I watched AlphaGo, which is Google's DeepMind neural network Go playing computer, beat Lee Sedal, who is one of the uh, Go grandmasters in the world. Go is the most boring game to watch ever. <laughs> Because it's one of those things where oh my god, simple it, simple moves can have complex. Well, it's it's not even that. I mean, it's just it's slow. It's boring, especially if you are not a, to watch a grandmaster play. Uh, I mean, they they certainly are correct when they say like, oh, it's a work of art. As long as you understand some of the basic principles of the game, yes, it is a work of art. Um, but they're just putting little stones on the board. I like. If if I were watching chess, it would also be kind of boring. If you yeah, if you had no idea what's going on, like oh he he moved that that weird piece that goes in like the L shape. He moved it over here. Ooh. So well, yeah, <laughs> I actually have watched all three matches. I did not watch the first two of them live. They happened during the week, and I cannot stay up till four in the morning during the week. Now, what was your reaction to the fact during the second match where the computer basically pulled a move that nobody understood? It was really funny to watch. So if, if you look, just watch the game, it's boring as shit. Uh, <laughs> but one of the actually both of the commentators are Go players. Uh, and one of them is uh, so, so in Go because it's an Asian game. It's Japanese and Chinese. Uh, uses the the Japanese ranking style for players and player knowledges. And so uh, similar to how in like karate you have belts as you go up, it's the same concept as that, except it's not a belt. It's just called a don. So a one don is a, it's like the introductory master level. If you are one don, it means you are good at this. You you know what you're doing. Nine Don is the top. Nine Don, you, you, if you are Nine Don, you are just one of the best, period. And so Lee Sedal is a Nine Don player, and the commentator is a Nine Don player. So he knows the game in and out. He knows the moves, the strategies. Like He looks at the board and has it memorized. That kind of player. And so just watching him say like, okay, so they're doing this and this and this, and so this is what's going to happened here and this is what's going to happen here there's going to be a conflict here about mid game there's going to be a thing over here late game and yeah this looks pretty good and then he'll like make predictions of like i think he'll go here and then here and then here and then 15 minutes later when they've taken those three moves they are exactly where he said they would be so that was pretty fun the best part was in game two when he looks at the screen because they, they updated the board and he's like, OK. And so he goes to update it on his giant magnetic board and he puts the piece down and then looks at it. He looks back at the screen and frowns and he moves the piece on the board and then he looks back at the screen and frowns and he moves the piece back. And like he's not sure that he put it in the right spot because he doesn't understand like. 
that was a, a what they termed an original move, that the computer was not copying someone else. It was not going off of a different game. He was pretty sure that it was it was totally new. And so he looked back and forth between the screen and his board to make sure he had everything right. And then he stared at his board for a minute. He's like, huh. And you could just see this expression on his face of like, that's really cool. Yeah, look at that. Okay. Yeah. He, start, he starts nodding. Uh, Lee Sadal at that point got up and walked away from the board. <laughs> I, from what I heard, it's like he just got up and went to the bathroom. Yeah. Just like- he's, he's, well, so, I mean, again, these guys are as as good as you can ever think of like a, a chess grandmaster like Bobby Fischer, Gary Kasparov. These guys are better at Go than those people are at chess. Yeah. So he looked at the board and had the whole thing memorized and then went up and went to the bathroom. But yeah, it took him like 15, 20 minutes to respond to that move. It was really funny. Now, so the the computer yeah. beat him three games to nothing. Yeah. Best, best out of five. Best out of five. They're going to play all five matches. Okay. Um, But the, the AI beat the human player. And the first two, so the, the very first one, uh, the human player was not playing like himself very much. Like, I, I read a lot of the analysis on this, and I, I listened to a lot of the other Go experts, and it looked like in the first game... Uh, he he was essentially trying to trip up the computer, mm. and that did not work. The second game, he played a very, very, very defensive game, and that did not work. And so the third game, he tried playing as himself, which is to say he did what he would normally do against a human player, and the computer beat him. I also heard supposedly rumors that there was like a meeting of the human minds to try and just figure out something yep. after the second match. Yep, because there was a day between the second and third match. Okay. There was a full day, and so he and a couple of the other Go experts started looking at the, the matches and deconstructing them and saying, like, what are we... What are we missing? Where did we go wrong? He was not happy when he surrendered last night. Well, understandable. Like, really not happy. When he first said it, he thought he was going to win all five, or at least four out of the five. Yeah, no, he's he's been pretty solidly beaten in three of the games so far. So where, like, does, where does it go? Yeah. Uh-huh. I didn't mean for that. I swear <laughs> I did not mean for that. <laughs> Well, there's two more matches. He might still win those, but he lost the the set. He lost the game. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's what are the immediate consequences? Nothing. We have a computer that can now beat a Go Grandmaster. Well, this is cool. kind of like Watson, where it was like, okay, Watson solidly us. Yeah, it took us over in Jeopardy. We still play Jeopardy. Yeah, and Watson is now you know working in call centers and medical fields and the whole nine yards. Yep. So it's the same thing now. It's like, okay, we just basically took the the most complex game humans can think of. It's not the most complex. It is not at all the most complex. The reason why computers couldn't play it wasn't due to complexity. It's that computers historically for playing games tried to predict the next move by looking at what are all of the possible moves and there's just not enough processing power for that there are too many possible moves so most of the time especially with like deep blue and other things like that there was it was more of a brute force attempt yeah it was a brute force attempt at winning the game yeah and alpha go didn't do that because you you can't in go not to any realistic degree not to playing against a grandmaster at what point do we say the computer is actually thinking That's a tough one. At what point is it different when a human learns versus when a computer learns? Well, from what I gather, the computer basically taught itself, right? No, not entirely. Uh, So it starts by, um, it it did end up teaching itself, yes, but it starts with a seeded database. They plugged in like 5,000 games of Go. And said, here are the games, here are the moves, here's the order that things happened. Here's the rules of Go, and now go play against yourself. But at what point? I mean, this is uh, this is Whopper, right? Yeah. This is War Games. This is a computer that taught itself. It's just crazy, is what it is. Yeah. And now, I, now I have a Go app installed on my phone. Yeah. 
I'm gonna try it out. See yeah, how it works. Good. Good luck. There. I I would recommend Andy before you start playing, watch the the three games. Watch the the three matches with commentary. Uh, oh yeah, no, that's that's gonna be the plan. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, I'm watching something at the top level of that's that's literally how I got started in um curling was I was literally watching the Canadian national championships of curling where you start to see those things. Yep. You're like, okay, this is what they're doing. This is these are the people who know what they're doing. Yep. It's like, okay, they have the premier strategy involved. And then sometimes then you watch them also who, because curling sort of like this, where we, when we talked about curling strategy, you can't talk about every single possible outcome of curling. The stones are always different. The ice is always different. There's no way to possibly figure out, you know, the, the, you not, not plan out every move. So mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of almost algorithmic where it's like, okay, well, can we do this? All right. Well, most of the time, okay, if we're doing this, then we want to do this. And it's, it's seen their mindset about figuring out how they want to play the game. It's, it's, I can tell you, it's honestly changed how I've played my game. And most of the time, that's been a good thing. Sometimes not. Cool. Yeah. Watch the matches. Watch them at like 1.25 or 1.5 speed, but watch the matches. Yeah, no, I'm not going to sit around for four hours doing that. I got other oh shit God. to do. I was wondering why they were talking so slow yesterday, and then I realized it's because I watched matches one and two at 1.25 speed. <laughs> like, their speech pattern changed. It's really subtle, but oh, right. <laughs> Because they're talking at a normal pace. Sometimes, if you listen to our podcast, you might be able to tell that. But I try not stretch it or squish it more than about 5%. So it's very subtle. But, you know, 5% of an hour. You do do that. You do change the actual podcast and the the speech. You compress it or or grow it. What is 5% of 60? That's 20? No. 5% of 60 is a 20th. Yeah. So what is a 20th of 60? Three. Three minutes. So yeah, that I normally yeah can scratch and squeeze it about three minutes over the hour, which doesn't seem like much, but that's how we get to sixty minutes. Yep, exact. So what do else do we want to talk about? I'm still stuck on go. All, I close my eyes and all I see is white and black stones on a board. Um, so the UK uh, Department of Transportation in Britain has uh, given the OK to start up a trial of driverless semi-trucks in the UK. Well, crap. Well, now, th- this one, it, they, they want to do a basically a road train. Yeah. So th- they they know that, you know, we, we've seen the pictures of the semi-trucks driving themselves. We've talked about it on the podcast. What the British government wants is have a have a have a line of them line of semi trucks and have a regular semi truck driver in the first one and then have all the semi trucks behind him be autonomous but they follow the directions of the lead guy i'd so the- be so worried about Someone trying to hijack that. What, somebody like driving up to the last one in the line and then trying to do like a like a jump from a moving train sort of thing? No, like, well, so there's that. But I mean, you just disconnect the steering wheel and the trucks in the back and you don't worry about that. Yeah. I'm talking about like, what if I made a, a, a printing, right, that looks like the back of a truck? <laughs> Giant piece of paper looks like the back of a truck. Got two drones. <laughs> Two quadcopters and flew them up so that they were between two of the trucks. They unfurl this thing. So to the the truck behind it, to the cameras, it looks like the truck is there. And then use that to essentially distract the truck off of its course. I really hope that whatever driverless system that they have for these semi-trucks cannot be fooled by a Wiley e. Coyote type of attack. I mean, you've seen the uh, fingerprint scanner can be beaten now, right? Well, yeah, that's actually on the topic list here is the fact that fingerprint scanners on your phone, if you get somebody's, you know, fingerprint somewhere and then print it out on an inkjet printer, you can hack into their phone. Using, using conductive ink. Using conductive ink, As, yes. It still has to be conductive. But, but, right, still, like, but there are flaws in the security system. Yeah, no, I was I was out this weekend with one of our VPs. He's coming into town um, to basically just verify it. this whole massive rollout was OK. Um, uh, so he took all of us out to dinner as a congratulations, which I found kind of ironic because the last server had failed while we were literally sitting down for dinner. So I was like, oh, yeah, congratulations, without even realizing that, you know, that we had a major problem that nobody noticed. Um, mm-hmm. He gave me 
his locked iPhone. Yeah. With the passcode. Yeah. And I did the whole, hey, Siri, what time is it? And then I hit the clock. And then I adjusted the timer, and I started the timer, and I hit the home button, and I was staring at his unlocked home screen. You can do that? Yes. Supposedly, oh you can do that. I'm, I, I literally watched it happen with my own eyes as I, you know, I walked it through this thing, and I'm like, well, that's interesting. It, it, it's specifically where you have to have Siri on. Yeah. Because Siri can work through the lock screen. Oops. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, did did nobody try and figure this out before? Or well, I mean, you've seen the. Have you seen the GIF of bypassing the Windows XP login screen? No. Yeah, there was. It, there's a way that you can essentially go through the login screen on Windows XP without having a password. I don't know if it actually works. There's a GIF loop of it, but it could certainly be faked. Essentially, it involves going in through a help screen menu and then getting to a printer and then trying to access the printer's files and then it errors and you use the open dialog box to get to uh, a task manager and then you kill explore.exe and then it reboots explore.exe except it reboots it inside windows oh that's funny which is why we no longer have xp computers (laughs) in our system (laughs) that's oh goodness so yeah that's uh so speaking of encryption and such, yep. our new right. Amazon Kindle. Hang on, hang on, hang on. So I, I want to get back to the trucks because I, okay. I'm still like, so with that talk of, of security and encryption, you don't think that maybe not quite as simple as a, a like tarp, maybe a tarp with lights. <laughs> I like, have a, f- I, I just seriously hope that whatever, because this is, st- they're still going to trial it out and they're still, you know, going to. I see this as the plot of a movie. Or a TV show. Or the beginning of... No, it wasn't the beginning of... I was thinking of the one of the Fast and Furious movies, but... Mm-hmm. And, like, what happens when they start transporting hazardous material like this? Oof. My question is, though, okay, so all the... Supposedly, according to this the article, um, all the other trucks following the lead truck are... The, the, the main drivers there to make the decisions that the, uh, the autonomous vehicles cannot. Right. And so the rest of the trucks are going to follow him. Okay. What happens if he gets into an accident? Is it literally going to be like a train where you just like, oh, crap, now, this they, is going to be bad. All stop. Hopefully they all stop. But if one of them, go, if the first guy goes out of control, are all the rest of the semi-trucks literally just going to follow him like lemmings off a cliff? That would be awful. That would be awful. That, that, that's my question when I read this going, what happens if the driver in front makes a mistake? What happens if the driver in front steals all the trucks? <laughs> <laughs> that is one guy could steal 10 semi truckloads of something. I mean, forget this like drone concept. Just get your man to be the driver. I, humans are the, this is my uh, going back to then to the question or the statement. Humans are the weakest link in cybersecurity. Yep. Yep. Always have been. Yep. Okay. Um, Falcon 9S. If you want to talk about space, uh, Falcon, they launched, that was a couple of weeks ago, they kept on getting delayed and delayed and delayed. Um, it launched, satellite got up there correctly, the Falcon rocket landed on the drone ship, but a bit too hard. Oh. Yeah. Again? Well, this one, they weren't expecting to be able to recover it because of the higher orbit it had to go into. So they it, it had to burn a lot more fuel and go a lot faster in order to get up there. Okay. So its reentry speed was going to be on the high side. So they were not expecting to recover this one. But uh, later, uh, earlier on March 9th, so a couple days ago, uh, SpaceX president says um, they're going to conduct 16 more launches this year, including the Falcon Heavy, which is going to be their, their basically their heavy duty Falcon 9. And she's expecting that once they get this Falcon 9 reusable thing working right, it's going yeah. to cost about 30% less to launch with a previously used first stage than it would be with a brand new rocket. So 70% of the cost. 70% of the cost so a space launch with a falcon 9 reusable one would be around 40 million dollars cool so yeah third that's sort of those things like oh you get to save a third of the cost and then you're like yeah no third of the cost in the millions of dollars that's a is, lot of money that's a lot of money yeah how much have they spent developing the reusable rocket that's an excellent question at what point does it become profitable that is another excellent question one that yeah. we probably would have to get uh People who are way above our pay grade on the podcast to answer that. Yep. Microsoft has added 
uh, a new feature to one of their products. Oh. Which is to say the Microsoft SQL Server line of products. Okay. You familiar with Microsoft SQL Server? Uh, I've been looking more at Postgres uh, SQL rather than uh, Microsoft SQL. And that's because Microsoft SQL is freaking expensive. Yes. But it's really, really good at what it does. I don't doubt it. It also required Microsoft SQL Server. It was a Windows server. Okay. It now runs on Linux. Hey, that could be interesting. And by now runs, it means that sometime in 2017, they're expected to put out a Linux version. Which is because, so we run Dell servers on all our heavy duty stuff at work, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people on some of the message forums have said like, you know, Dell hardware Linux operating system closest to bulletproof that you can get. Okay. So it's one of those things where it's like, well, that would be interesting, but, you know, all our stuff is Windows-based. And SQL Server. That could be interesting. Yep. That could be really interesting. Because, yeah, everybody, in the in the back end, everything runs on Linux. M- infrastructure is Linux bread and butter. Yeah. It's just once you start getting out to the users, then we start looking at Windows being the bread and butter for everybody. But the back end has been Linux territory, hands down. And this could be this could be interesting. We'll do, just have to- do you, by the way, at work, do you use uh, 32-bit computers still? A couple of them left are left on 32-bit Windows 7. Are you familiar with the 2038 problem? No. What's the? Is it kind of like the Y2K problem? It is almost exactly like the Y2K problem. The 2038 problem is that in Linux, time is represented by a 32-bit number. Oh, going back from the epoch. Oh. Yeah. Rut row. January 19th, 2038. Rut row. <laughs> You want to guess what date it'll be after January 19th, 2038 at Uh, 3.14 in the afternoon? uh, December 13th, 1901. Uh, Hang on. I just, I'm watching the same animation that you're looking at. Yeah, December 13th, 1901. Oops. Oops. Eh, We got 21 years to figure it out. And at that point, everything's going to probably be at least 64-bit. Yeah, totally. Everything. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Some of our uh, computers that are running with some of our transmitters are still running Windows 2000. I mean, that's only 16 years ago. So, yeah, it's, it's still like 21 years. Come on, it's plenty of time. Yeah. Someone, yeah. Made, a, someone made a bot. Speaking of, we, we should have gone to this straight from Go because it's talking about AI and learning. And this bot doesn't learn, uh, but someone made a voice recognition bot to play Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes by himself. Well, then. So he is controlling the bomb and reading off things to the bot, which then responds with the answer. Very nice. It's kind of cool. I, uh, I don't know. Because cause the, the, looking at the bomb manual, it's basically just a bunch of if this, then yeah. that. Yeah, which it's, computers it's, are perfect for. Right, but at the same time, the fun of the game is communicating back and forth. Well, sometimes people have fun in different ways. He, he, he probably has a hoot programming this thing to do exactly what he wants it to do. Maybe. It's it's literally like the same guys who programmed a computer to play Go. They're like, that's... I mean, they they had a little more. Yeah. They, they did just a tiny bit more. Yes, but, but still... They wrote it in Ruby, too. They, they wrote it in Ruby? This guy. Oh, this guy, okay. No, the Go player is Ruby. <laughs> yes, this guy. <laughs> Yeah, the the Google AI, you can download it onto your cell phone if you want to. Yeah, sure. Mm. No, this one was written in Ruby. Well, it's an int- it's one of those things where it's just like, okay, half the uh half the stuff with that golden potato thing that I was doing when Portal 2 was coming out. Yeah. Half the stuff that we had to do there, you honestly had to program things in order to get it to work right. And so that was part of the fun was like, okay, what what do we need to do in order to get this to work right on this game? And then people were writing scripts for all the stuff there because at one point you needed like people to potato power things. And so they were... People are doing the calculations and the scripting and all that other fun stuff. It's it's fun to do this sort of thing. I get excited when I write a freaking script out in command line and somehow it actually works. Yeah. Which reminds me, I have to go check on one of my command line scripts because it's not working. Oh, no. Yeah. So it happens when your uh, drive mapping goes all out of whack. Yeah. But hopefully this will be better. I'm thinking future. about making a smart smart mirror this summer. And so yes. I'm trying to think of what things I want it to be able to do, mm. like voice recognition and image recognition.
and how I could program for that. You know, it's really funny though. Is this actually can um, is it can segue into another topic? Do it. Some of my first programming that I did was programming stuff onto my uh, Texas Instruments graphing calculator. Yes. To do my math homework for me. Yes. Um, and now I guess there's a big thing going on in the BBC where people are buying cheating watches, where it's a digital watch, mm-hmm. but it's got four gigabytes of storage, so you can store like text files and videos and other things on the screen of the watch. Cute. So you know you press the buttons in the right combination, you can access all this data, but but then uh, it's got an emergency button. So if somebody, you know, comes down on you, hit the emergency button. The other buttons on the watch are disabled and the watch switches to a, a just a conventional digital clock face. Ah, so cheaters. Yes. So what are they doing about it? They're, <coughs> excuse me. They're trying to figure that out. Okay. A lot of people are like, well, we need to remove all electronic devices from the room, which that's going to be hard to do in the future. Yeah. It's like, here, you get a number two pencil, and that's it. Yeah, you can buy the watch for uh, $61. Wow. Yeah. You too can cheat at everything. Which I, 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 okay, so I get the fact that, you know, people are always, there's, there's always the argument with teaching, right? It's the fact that it's like, what do we actually need to know now because the internet has all the knowledge? That's basically one of the arguments, right? And evidently computers can now work on that knowledge. Yeah. A la Watson and AlphaGo. But there are times where you need a split second decision to figure out what you need to do. You don't have time to do the research online to try and figure out what the answer is. It's the... Hey, this server's down. What do we need to do to fix it to get it back up then? You got about, like, you need to get it up ASAP. You can't figure out, okay, what's going wrong with this thing. It's There's, just, there's times where we still need to have some of that knowledge in your head and not on your watch. But it makes sense. Yeah, no, I can see that. Yeah. But still, really, it's... I don't know about this one where you literally just, you know, load up your watch full of your, your entire textbook and look up the information that way. And I just skim through it. Yeah. Mm. I, I think there's a combination. I think there's a, a middle ground of having read through it first, but not having to memorize it. Well, now, because people, right. the, it, it's hard to test yeah. for baseline information, things that you just, you know, need to memorize. Correct. Like, what is the third planet from the sun? People should just have to just know that it's Earth. Why? What is the advantage to knowing that unless you are doing astronomy? Unless True. you are yeah, doing no, it's, it's the it's the whole Sherlock thing there. Where, uh, relating to the relative position of the planets. Which, yeah, it's, it's the line from Sherlock where he didn't, you know, he didn't need to know that. You know, the the earth did this or the, yeah, it's not relative to anything that he does. Yep. So then the question becomes, okay, what do people need to know? And then that just goes down the right. whole education spiral. It turns right out there. very little. Yeah. It turns out people need to know to survive very little. Well, now I'm just getting depressed. Yep. Do you want some happy All right, news? Let's move on. Uh, old gods. You want you want something depressing? The old gods are coming to Hearthstone. Yeah, I saw that. God, more cards. I still haven't even collected all of the original pack. Well, it's, it, it won't be really sort of more cards uh, because remember the way that they're doing them now is they are retiring sets of cards. Only for certain um, certain game types. Yes, yes. Other game types, you can still use all the cards in existence. But it's one of those things where it's like, I still have not gotten my frickin' Dr. Boom. I still have not gotten my Ragnaros. I still have not gotten, heck, half of the giants that are available. It's one of those things where it's like, you gotta be kidding me. Now there's other newer cards. I just want to finish up the original pack. Just let me get that far. And then we can move on. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You clearly don't play enough. Oh, believe me, I've cut way back on my Hearthstone. I play probably two or three times a week. Okay. Wednesday, 1 o'clock, I go see what the new Tavern Brawl is. If it's exciting, I'll play that until, you know, I win the the, the card pack. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just play to, you know, beat a couple of the quests that I have. And that'll be it until next week. Okay. So do you want to hear some good news? Sure. There's been a lot of depressing news this week. Yes. What else do we have? Uh, Google and the IEEE had a contest uh, in July 2014 called the Little Box Challenge. I think we might have talked about it. I'm not sure. Okay. Kind of like a DARPA challenge where the uh, the goal was to build a small kilowatt scale inverter with a power density greater than 50 watts per cubic inch. Okay. So if you expect like... You know, you're going to build some sort of power inverter to go from DC to AC, yeah. right? And the goal is to build it so you get 50 watts per cubic inch of whatever you're building. Okay. Okay. 
the people at Google uh, didn't think that anybody was actually going to be able to complete the challenge. Um, but a lot of people kind of blew it out of the water. And the top three people for these inverters, mm-hmm. uh, Virginia Tech had one at uh, 68.7 watts per cubic inch. Uh, Schneider Electric had one at 96 watts per cubic inch. And the guys who won, 142.9 watts per cubic inch. Wow. And the whole volume of their device? Yeah. 14 cubic inches. That's tiny. Yeah. That's it's very tiny. That's amazing. Who the hell are these people? Think of like your thumb. Your thumb is about what? Two and a half inches? Uh, Maybe two inches or somewhere around that range. Think of a a cube that's your thumb length, wide, high, and deep. That's how big the cube is, basically. No. 14 cubic inches? If your thumb is two inches long? Two times two would be four times two. Okay, so now it'll be what? Three? Uh, three, three, three would be 27. Okay, so two and a half. Let's go two and a half. Two and a half. Uh, well, it would be between eight and 27. So about, yeah, it sounds about right. Okay. Sorry, I'm trying to do my math in my head here. And two and a half, two and a half, two and a half is 15 and a half cubic inches. Okay. So there you go. Two and a half. So a little bit bigger than your thumb cubed. But yeah, no, they, they blew it out of the water with 150 watts, 142.9 watts per cubic inch. It's a teeny device. Yep. Which uh, is currently more than 10 times more compact than commercially available inverters. So it's one of those things where it's like, these million dollar prizes are actually doing something. So they're, they're, uh, they're presenting, they presented their design at the, um, what was it, the ARPA Energy Innovation Summit in D.C. And so hopefully this technology, which is really small and really power dense, will hopefully start to filter down into commercial products. That'd be nice. That would be very nice. I'd like to see that. Yeah. So they got a million dollars for it. Yep. Cool. So there we go. That's, that's some good news is Yay. Google threw out some money and said, hey, we don't think you guys can do this and people came back and were like no we can yeah we can we, we totally can yeah we, we can beat your we can beat your challenge by a factor of three yeah no that's okay yeah good for them good so, good for them speaking of small things do you want yeah. to go on to the random review because we're about that time. sure what? small things for the random review yes it's my review yes i would like to review the miracle grow arrow garden miracle grow arrow garden how big is this thing uh it is it's it's actually not that big uh these i have these six pod which goes in the corner it's designed to go into a corner okay uh and so it takes up about it comes out like a foot from the the corner so i have a deep corner in my kitchen where the the cabinets are yes that is very difficult to actually get to and it's where we've just been storing the knives because there's nothing else that you want to put there i put this there instead understandable so you're getting fresh herbs once they finish growing yes so I bought this, uh, was on sale, decided I was tired of throwing out parsley and throwing out green onions. And so I went and grabbed this and it's very interesting. It is absolutely like no hassle once every two weeks. So when I take out the recycling, you feed the water, you put it in this little goop and it's growing. I have basil now, basil, parsley, and mint. Hmm. And I've also bought a set of blank seed pods of empty empty seed pods so that I could grow other herbs. Uh, if you, It's kind of funny, though, if you go and look through the, the reviews on Amazon, a lot of them tend to come from Colorado and Washington, <laughs> where they use the same thing to grow something that I can't grow in Wisconsin. Excellent point. Nor am I planning on growing that in Wisconsin. I am doing this for actual, like, herbs for food. Like mint and parsley. Well, you could put some mint in your brownies. Yes, mint. <laughs> and it's kind of cute because, like, they they so it's sell them the razor and then sell them the blades. Yeah. So this one is you kind of have to buy you have to buy the uh, the pods the pods little proprietary pods. I suppose I could try and get them three D printed. That would be cheaper. But really, you just, just buy the pods, whatever. Um, and so then they they last for quite some time. They are designed to last for a season. They are designed to grow much faster, and you have fresh herbs. Wow, a six pod thing is only 15 bucks? Yeah, hmm. the pod refills. Yeah. 
Yeah, and the Grow Anything, the one that's empty pods, is $14. Very nice. So, yeah, just go keep using it. It's really nice. Uh, you set it up. It's bright. Holy shit, is it bright. Well, it needs, you know, sunlight. Yep, well, it needs to fake sunlight. Yeah. Uh, right. And and it just runs, and I don't have to do anything with it. Uh, I turned it on, and it's just going. It turns off. It does a, a whole day-night cycle for the plants. It's essentially a nightlight in the kitchen now, except it actually turns off during the middle of the night. So mine came with the, uh, which one did it come with? The Gourmet Herb Seed Pack, which has basil, chives, cilantro, parsley, dill, and mint. Hmm. That could be interesting. Granted, now that I have a backyard, I could actually try. Yeah, I, I have a backyard too. This is easier. There are some problems with the backyards. One is snow is a good one. One is snow, so the winter. Two is if you put it in the backyard, you are not the only one that will end up eating from it. Like the deers and the bunnies. Right. A deer Throwing in your kitchen would probably in the kitchen, not be... <laughs> I don't have to worry about the bunnies. Yes. If I were to grow it outside, well, I had a raspberry plant in the back. Had. Who ate it? I don't know. <laughs> It's gone, like, to the roots. Ooh. I don't think we... I know... I'm not sure if we have bunnies or squirrels back in our area. We'll have to wait and see. I have both. I have squirrels. I have ground squirrels. I have chipmunks. I have rabbits. I have raccoons. Hmm. Yeah. But no, these are really nice, and it adds a little bit of light and a little bit of color to a kitchen. Yeah, no, we're... We've got a couple of spider plants we're trying to figure out, because plants are nice inside. They are. I like having plants inside. They are. Sometimes. Yeah, you got to make sure you know if you have pets or small children. Not that to they're get not annual. toxic. Yeah. Yep. Which is funny because some of the plants that are best for our atmosphere. Totally toxic to eat. Totally toxic to eat. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. miracle Grow Aero Garden 6 LED. I liked it. I like it a lot. Uh, I also got it when it was on sale. And so I would recommend picking it up if it goes on sale. It was about 95 bucks. Yeah, this current price of... Hundred and what is this one? Hundred and forty. Yeah, is the current price is a little high. Just a little high. Just, just a teeny tiny squeaky bit high. Um, but yeah, if you can catch it when it's on sale, that's awesome. So I got mine for ninety nine dollars. I'll have to keep that in mind. Yep. Okay. Random topic. Yes. Speaking of small things, if you were sent to live on the International Space Station for three months, yeah, and only allowed to bring three personal items with you, yeah, what would they be? Now, this must be in line with the current International Space Station rules of no more than a total weight of one point five pounds. And when with- they say weight, they really mean a total mass of one point five pounds. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because if if it were a total weight of one point five pounds, I would take like a plastic bag filled with helium so that I could take other things that were heavier. <laughs> I don't think that would fly. No, I don't think NASA would. You want to? How much helium are you bringing? Why? Uh, just just a couple like cubic feet of helium. <laughs> Cause I really want to bring my Xbox up there. Yeah. I got, I got to counteract the weight. What would I bring for one and a half pounds? One and a half pounds. So like a stuffed animal. Yeah, I'd probably bring a stuffed animal. I would bring my Kindle, whose current weight is 13.19 ounces. You don't think that NASA would be providing you with like a laptop? No, you're right. They probably would bring you in a laptop. Right. <laughs> I'm like, well, I bring my phone. No, not going to bring my phone. No. Uh, not going to get no. service up there. Not to, no, <laughs> not, no, no, they not going to get that. Can you hear me now? No. Hello. 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 Hi. Hey, what if I just shout out the window? No. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, probably like a stuffed animal. Maybe my, my, an earring is, is an earring a single personal item or can I bring like my earrings as a personal item so that I can swap them out? Hmm, that's a tough one. So yeah, uh, so NASA's NASA's going to give you all the electronics you want. Right. They give you electronics, they give you food. Yeah. Besides, a pound and a half of food is not exactly a lot. No, well, that's, that's not all, a lot. I can take like, how the hell are you supposed to put salt on your food? I think they do. It's not, is it a liquid salt up there or? Well, I was thinking like I would take a canister of Lowry's seasoned salt, but I wouldn't be able to actually put it on the food. Salt shakers don't work. No, no, they wouldn't. And the salt would go frickin' everywhere. Right. So that can't happen. 
Salt and pepper are available, but only in a liquid form. So they have liquid salt. Yeah. And liquid pepper. Hey, look, there's a picture I, of the liquid salt and liquid pepper. I'd have to go with like a stuffed animal or a blanket. Maybe my tiny little camera. Just so I've got my own personal stuff. That's about it. What about you? So I won't have to bring any personal electronics. NASA could, well, NASA could probably just, you know, because I've got internet up there now, could probably get whatever MP3 files I need. Some music would be set. Any elect- anything electronic would be set. What would I want to bring up? Hmm. Any minute now. I'm thinking first thing I'd bring up is probably a Rubik's Cube. That's something, you know, I okay. can always... Okay, okay, it's pretty light. Yeah, it's pretty light. So that would be something, you know, fun to little play with. Um, uh, I was stuck up there for... Three months. Three months. Um, <laughs> is in tight. Thank you. Uh, I'd bring up, which I don't think they have it up there, a uh, digital picture frame of some kind. Okay. Just hook it into the Wi-Fi? Yeah, hook it into the Wi-Fi and just have, you know, family and friends, you know? Submit pictures to it. Yeah, submit pictures to it. So it's like, oh, that's good. It'd be like a, it'd be like a Facebook feed, but not, you know, yeah, I mean, Facebook. Okay, that, that works. Yeah, yeah I can't think I'd, I don't know that I'd really take much. I mean, you're, you're, the things you need are all provided. Yeah. Granted, you know, if I was going to be up there for a year, like, was it, yeah, Scott Kelly, if I was up there for yeah. a year, that would be, oof. That would be, that would be a, that'd be a, I don't, I don't know if I, if I was stuck up there but, for a year, well, what it would, would there anything I mean, else Kate would, would not be happy. No, Kate would not be happy at all. Especially having just purchased a nice big house for the <laughs> two of you. Hey, you guys, congratulations, you guys bought, bought a house. A house and By he's the, going to space for a year. By the way, yeah, I'm going up to space for, no, God, this, this See week, you in a year. This week was bad enough. I don't want to be, oh. Yeah. All right. So when do you actually move into said house, by the way? Oh, uh, we've been moving stuff slowly a little bit at a time so we got to give you know we had to give notice at the apartment complex yep and the last thing we want to do is give notice before we actually have the house yeah in case something happened with the closing and then we'd be homeless that would not be good no so it's it's the transition so stage you're, you're right currently now. moving things in so when yes. do you move into the house I, well, I think we're going to try When will that become your primary place of residence? And I don't mean, like, legally. I mean, like, when do you guys start sleeping at the house? We're actually going to try that this weekend, actually. Cool. Well, good luck. Thank you. And congratulations. Thank you. And I guess uh, with that, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening.